Welcome to episode 57 of Contested Catch. We're back once again for our week eight buys and sells. And we're back once again with your boy, Kyle Singer. Um, Kyle, before we get into it, man, I just want to know how everything's going with you. We're about the halfway point of the football season uh, in terms of the regular season, at least. And, you know, just want to know how everything's going with you and how your fantasy season is uh, is faring at the moment. It's been uh, it's been a roller coaster for sure, as it has for many of us. I've got I've got six leagues. Um, I'm doing well in all but one of them. Uh, of course, the one is like the big money one with my dad. We we had a, it's like a 12 man. We went down with Saquon to IR, Dak to IR, drafted Cam Akers thinking he would do something like we've just been decimated by injuries. Um, luckily, made some good waiver wire pickups. We've got Chase Edmonds and like Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams as our running backs and like Gaskin. So we're scrappy, but hopefully we can fight our way back in. But I can't complain. Um, Definitely, it was a big week for trades for me and and multiple of my leagues. So, it was it was a fun one for sure. Scrappy is a great way to describe that. <laughs> Anytime that <you're, laughs> yeah. you have like three or more uh, waiver wire added running backs, that's like your running back core. That that's scrappy. That's just that's uh, fishing in the mud right there. Oh yeah, um, good stuff. Okay, so why, we're gonna kick this off with our wide receivers first. We'll do buys and sells, and then go from there so why don't you give us your first wide receiver buy so my first wide receiver buy is on a buy himself uh this week and that's brandon cooks he's 26 in rock but i'm more going to focus on the past three weeks um that's kind of when he started to see this increased in production and bill o'brien was fired so past three weeks he's 11th in rock he's got a 27 percent target share and a 26 percent air yard share as well as four red zone targets in that three game span. Um, he's also been like Mr. Reliable for Deshaun Watson. He's got 15 first downs, but the probably the biggest stat that stuck out to me, he's first in catches in the past three week with 24 catches. So, you know, that's above hop above Keenan, uh, you know, any, any elite wide receiver it's Brandon cooks, but season long too, he's been, he's been very efficient, 21% target share, 24% air yard share. Um, and he's got a really favorable schedule coming up with uh, starting with at Jacksonville and at Cleveland following the bye. So if you're not like win this week and and you can kind of trade around, try to get Brandon Cooks, he is he's sneaky good right now. And I think he's only catching a stride now. And I think he's a good buy. Yeah, I said last week that I think that the basically buying any share of the Texans, with the exception of maybe David Johnson, Feels like a really good idea. Uh, the moment that Bill O'Brien was fired, and we saw Deshaun Watson come out and say he was going to have more of a hand in how this offense is going to look, and obviously Brandon Cooks is a significant piece of this. Um, obviously, I really, really like Will Fuller. I do think that he is the top guy to have there, but it has been more evenly uh, distributed. The volume has, at least, um, in this wide receiver room. I think Randall Cobb is still a very sneaky play. I liked him in the summer. I liked him a lot more. Than Brandon Cooks at cost, just because I, I was I was still very pessimistic about Cooks from a season long standpoint. But I gotta say, he's proven me wrong, and, and he like like you just said, the volume is definitely there. Um, all right, let's move on to your second wide receiver buy, and this is a guy that I'm all over as well. I actually have the 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 rock figure you're gonna mention. I have this exact situation in the contested catchup this week. Yeah, for sure, Deontay Johnson. Uh, he was a killer this past week. When he's healthy, 
he has been a monster uh, in terms of target share and just like efficiency production. He's kind of like, if you're not really, if you're not crazy like us and don't spend all your time on fantasy football, he's definitely under the radar. If you uh, keep up with fantasy a little bit too much, you'll hear his name a lot. A lot of people want to be all over Deontay, but he's been struggling with injury. Um, but when he's not struggling with injury, he is a beast. He's sixth and rock in the three games that he played where he's, he's played over 25% of the snaps. Um, those games are week one, two, and this past week seven. In those games, he's got a 31% target share, 33% air yard share, and that comes down to 13 targets a game. And then also, it's over. It's almost two tar- uh, red zone targets a game. It's five through those three games. But he's got a tough matchup against Baltimore. He's coming off the who's coming off the bye week, and he's got that toe injury. Uh, I did see he was practicing today, or he's gonna practice today, but. I think like if you don't have him, you can kind of hopefully see some regression to the mean from that 29-point outing last week. Or Sorry, that's full PPR, some, a little bit less than half. But, um, yeah, it's got a tough matchup. I think he's not going to have like a 29-point game again. But I think if he kind of reduces a little bit, you, you hop in and get him because he looks like a monster. And that, that target share, that volume is just – I mean, it's just next to like – hop and oh, it's above them in the three games but it's like hop and keenan and and Thielen, that type of target share he's getting yeah i think what was really encouraging about week seven because you're like you said weeks one and two he had really really good pure volume in week seven he also had a nice re, uh, red zone receiving role so he actually in that one week he had four red zone targets which is a which is a sizable amount um I mean, I think that that's one of the most encouraging things for Deontay Johnson because I thought that would be the place that Juju Smith-Schuster would continue to reign supreme regardless of what's happening. Chase Claypool, you know, body type-wise, he seems like the, like the fit for the big red zone weapon as well. Deontay Johnson saw a lot of looks, and uh, I think just in general, anytime that he has been on the field, Big Ben has looked his way early and often. So definitely agree with Deontay Johnson there. The only concern is health, like you mentioned, uh, you know, I actually didn't play him this past weekend in one of our main leagues. Um, and the reason <sighs> being, he continues to get injured during the game. It has killed me, not just him, but just in general. I've continued to get in-game injuries, which, you know, you play the guy, then they, they their ceiling is capped, um, their point total is capped. And I just, I was afraid that it was going to happen again because considering I had that back injury, uh, it didn't happen. Well, actually, it happened again. But it happened yeah. at the end of the game after he scored two touchdowns, nine catches, 80 yards. So, alas. Um, Maybe keep him on your bench for the rest of us fantasy owners that have him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay, Kyle, who's your uh, third wide receiver buy here? The last one is going to definitely make sense. Uh, he got a boost in his stock price for sure, but I still think he's worth the buy, and that's Jarvis Landry. So, as probably all of you know, Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL and is out for the season, um, leaving quite a gap a lot of targets a lot of just volume to be spread out amongst you know this at very mediocre uh, Cleveland wide receiver core but that's led by Jarvis Landry who has always been you know Mr. Consistent he he gets the catches he he was like leading the the league in receiving or in receptions when he was on the Dolphins and just uh, he's always produced and and now that there's no Odell there definitely expect 
like a, a huge bump in target share. Um, Odell was actually 12th in rock. Uh, right. I think I have it right. I think he was 12th in rock before the injury. So his opportunity was there. It was just kind of a disconnect and he couldn't quite put it together. He had the one big game, but with all that opportunity out there, someone has to take over. I don't believe it's Harrison Bryant, though I did start him in my best uh, DraftKings last week, so I was pumped about that. But, I mean, before before the uh, the Odell injury, he was getting a 25%, as in Odell was getting a 25% target share, 36% air yard share, and six red zone targets. And now all that is up for grabs um, to be kind of dispersed amongst the likes of Jarvis Landry, followed by like Rashad Higgins and like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Harrison Bryant, some some tight ends mixed in there. But um, I think the bulk is going to go to Jarvis. I do think he'll produce for you. And I still think like you can definitely get him at a wide receiver three cost, maybe a low-end wide receiver two when he's going to produce like a high-end wide receiver two, maybe even a low-end wide receiver one with all that volume. I think – that Richard Higgins is really going to step into that Odell Beckham Jr. role. Um, that's at least what I'm expecting going forward. Now they have a bye in week nine, so it's really going to be interesting to see how this offense changes without Obel- Odell Beckham Jr. and potentially with the Nick Chubb, uh, with Nick Chubb returning to the lineup. Um, if Nick Chubb returns, I do think that the volume is suppressed once again uh, because I think that they'll even have more of a reason to ground and pound between Chubb and Hunt. Um, the other thing is with the emergence of Harrison Bryant recently, David Njoku is presently still on the roster and Austin Hooper should be back from his appendicitis uh, or his appendix removal uh, procedure that kept him out in week seven. Um, he, he, I think he might mix week eight as well. Um, once they're all back, it really feels like the right fit for Cleveland Cleveland feels like very justified and and just pounding the rock, whether or not that is the actual correct move. And also Austin Hooper was already out targeting Jarvis Landry. Um, I think that Hooper has really come on as like the intermediate and short area safety blanket underneath weapon for uh, for Baker Mayfield. And so maybe Jarvis just kind of retains the same role he has had and Richard Higgins fills in for OBJ. I don't know. Um, I'm a little bit less sold on this situation being a buy for Jarvis Landry, but you know, if you're if you are correct, then there is definitely still meat on the bone if you are to go out and buy him uh today. Yeah, I mean I I just think it's it's pretty safe to say, barring injury, that there's no way Jarvis doesn't at least have slightly more opportunity. And he was already I was considering putting him on my buy list, but Odell was always kind of looming over there. But now that he's gone. I felt I felt I had to hammer Jarvis here. Fair enough. Let us go on towards the wide receiver cells now. Who is your first wide receiver cell for week eight? I'll be quick with this one because I've uh, I've said it multiple times, but I just got to keep hammering the point. That's Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> like as as uh, you know, fantasy efficient as Mike Evans has been, he's he's still thirty fifth in rock. He's very clearly touchdown dependent. He's getting very low volume. Um, and then everyone knows Antonio Brown's coming to town. Chris Godwin is going to be uh, – he's not going to play this week, and that will lead me to my next point. But, um, you know, if you, ha- if you still have Mike Evans, I do think you should keep him for this week eight because A.B. is not there yet. Um, Chris Godwin is out with the finger. And 
Like it's, it's going to be the Mike Evans show, even if, even if he's getting double covered again, which supposedly he was last week. I, I didn't watch all the game, but I heard he was, which would surprise me. But there's just too many weapons in that offense, and there's, there's going to be a pattern with the rest of my cells. Um, a lot of Bucks fantasy guys outside of Tom Brady to sell, but there's just way too many guys in that offense with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, even Scotty Miller, and then both the running backs, Rojo and Fournette, and Gronk too emerging. So there's just too much. It's going to be, you know, you're not going to know uh, when to start each person. And I think, like, get out of Mike Evans. You can get similar name value or you're a little bit of a downgrade. Like, I'll take Deontay Johnson over Mike Evans all day. And I think you can get that trade done for sure. I, I definitely agree that Mike Evans is a sell. I'm not sure if I want to sell him before this week or after this week. I think it, like logically it would make sense to wait until he has a, theoretically a big week. This is a good matchup for him. It's a good uh, it's a good situation. I, I'm in the contested catchup. I have the splits for Mike Evans went with and without Chris Godwin in the lineup, and it is a significant difference in in his favor when Chris Godwin is not there. Um, at the same time, I think that it, you might not be able to get the value that you otherwise could if you wait to sell him until after this week when you kind of feel like you've used up his last really big week that we like feel really good about starting him until Antonio Brown comes back or comes in I should say and Chris Godwin might be back we'll see so I actually think that if you're going to sell him I think you might want to sell him this week yeah and I'm fine with that too it, yeah I just don't know that you're going to get the return that you otherwise could uh if you don't if you wait so I, but otherwise, I completely agree with you, Kyle. Um, yeah. Who is your next wide receiver sell? Uh, I mean, all of these are kind of the next two are definitely going to draw some some funny eyes. But Justin Jefferson, uh, he's thirtieth in rock. This is season long. I know it's been inflated uh, since he kind of blew up after what starting week three. So since then, he's fifteenth in rock, which does not help my argument to sell. My my main argument to sell is I'm basically comparing Justin Jefferson to Stephon Diggs last year. And we saw what Stephon Diggs did last year against the Eagles in that three-touchdown performance. And we've seen that glimpse of Justin Jefferson. He's got two, like, crazy big games. Um, but I just think he's going to be – he's going to fit that Stephon Diggs boomer bust role that Diggs had last year. I had Diggs on my fantasy team last year, and it was definitely more frustrating than you would think when you, like, look back and see he was – you know, like I'm, I'm not sure we finished his, uh, but like uh, probably in the wide receiver teens area. But Justin Jefferson's just got a 19% target share and 27% air yard share. I mean, the, the air yards are nice, and and that's kind of the hard thing to to avoid. But that was the same thing with Stephon Diggs last year. Um, but like, if you look at his game logs, it's it goes from like a monster game against Malcolm Butler in Tennessee. That was his first game he went off. And then he had a terrible three catches for 23 yards against Seattle when you think he's going to blow up against literally the worst, you know, uh, secondary in the league. And then he goes against Atlanta after the Seattle game, who also has a terrible secondary, and he blows up for nine, uh, nine catches, 166 yards, and two touchdowns. So you don't know he's going to go off against Seattle. I get that. You know, you think he's going to go off against Atlanta, and he does. But the fact that he didn't do hardly anything against Seattle scared me, and I do think he's going to be that boomer bust Stephon Diggs role. This this was exactly my concern with Justin Jefferson as well. 
which is why I was not buying him at all as having a rookie, uh, a big enough role as a rookie to be fan- uh, fantasy-wise relevant. With that said, he has absolutely proved me wrong thus far. I think that the boom weeks, I think you're definitely right that he just being in a low volume pass attack where he is the second option, um, maybe even the third option if you factor in Dalvin Cook, that's a possibility. Um, that bodes very well for high volatility, um, which isn't really a great thing, I think, uh, for fantasy, unless you are comfortable just you know every single week putting him in your flex and that way you can capture those big games and you know, you're not relying on him as your wide receiver one kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, my only reservation with the cell calls is I'm not sure how much you're going to be able to get because he is still a fresher name. He doesn't have this, you know, name value to fall back on in terms of his fantasy stock. And I'm not sure that people are going to buy Justin Jefferson, uh, just because he's had a couple big weeks and because he was a first round pick. Now, if that's the case, if they give you something around like wide receiver two, wide receiver two, three value, something like that, then I'd, I'd probably do that for sure. Uh, but I'm just not sure that it's worth giving up that high upside. Cause like if, if, um, similar to Stefan Diggs, once Adam Thielen went down, Stefan Diggs was erupting. I mean, Kirk cousins was able to, to get it to him deep. Um, not at will, but constantly over that like three or four week stretch last year. And Justin Jefferson, he's already done better. I think than than Stefan Diggs did, um, at this point in the season with, you know, all things considered. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying I I think that Justin Jefferson is someone that you want to acquire, but it's more so like I'm not sure you'll be able to get the value that warrants giving up that high upside player. Would you take uh, Brandon Cooks or Justin Jefferson? Oh, man. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Eileen Cooks, because his role since Bill O'Brien has left, has actually been really high volume, like, like 11th and rock the last three weeks. Will Fuller, I mean, there's a chance I'm wrong, and Will Fuller isn't actually the wide receiver 1A in that offense, and that Brandon Cooks is going to continue to ascend. Um, they're pretty close. Will Fuller is 15th and rock the last three weeks. So, And we also know that Brandon Cooks just has a, a great track record of being a, a high-end wide receiver in the NFL and in fantasy when healthy. So uh, yeah. he's got a great quarterback. The system is opening up a little bit. I think Brandon Cooks is probably the preferred play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or preferred rest of the season target. That's at least my my take on it. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I mean, Brandon Cooks, you like the quarterback situation better in the passing game overall. But I do think you could get Brandon Cooks for Justin Jefferson and probably and then some. But uh, just the, the point you made too with injuries um, on the Vikings. Well, that game against Atlanta last week, or sorry, two weeks ago now, no Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison did nothing. So, you know, like Dalvin Cook comes back. We'll see what happens. But I just I really do think that spotty play is not something you would rely you want to rely on. I'd rather have the solid floor play. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on your your team makeup for sure. But for the rest of season from here on out, I am also taking Brandon Cooks over Justin Jefferson. I would assume most people would accept that trade if they have Cooks, too. So. Fair enough. Okay, let's um let's get to this third wide receiver cell here. This is obviously a big name, a hot name right now. Yeah. And who is that, Kyle? Yeah, the hottest name. Um, this is Tyler Lockett. It's not like I'm saying just trade him for pennies or or even really trade him. It's more the whole thing of see what you can get. I know a lot of people have recency bias. A lot of fantasy owners do as well. 
And if you've got him, it could be hard to sell him after a 15 catch, 200 yard and three touchdown performance. The, the biggest fantasy day of the year so far. So I'd get it if you're hesitant to, to even really hear offers. But, um, I mean, Tyler Lockett's a beast. He's got the best quarterback in the game, in my opinion, even over Mahomes. And it's just like, I get it, but I still think DK Metcalf is better. I think there are a lot of options you can get. Uh, and I, I would definitely just see if you can get one of those elite wideouts, maybe an elite running back or like, as much as I hate Zeke right now and I, I'm trying to trade him, like I'll bet you someone would trade you Zeke and a decent wide out for him just because if you, if you're a Zeke owner, you might be in that position. And I would just, I, would, I think like the running back value is much, much more than the wide receiver value. So see what you can get for Tyler Lockett. Don't just dish him because he is obviously a beast, but I don't think he's like a top five wide receiver by any means. And I think people are starting to value him like that because of this huge game. But similarly to how I thought Justin Jefferson would be, Tyler Lockett is also boomer bust. We've seen that with his his past two weeks, uh, aside from last week. And he's he did it all last year as well. He had like a four-week stretch of garbage with every other week being huge. So we know, you know, that's what you get with Tyler Lockett. You get you get boom and you get bust. So it depends what you want. But Selling him after a 50-plus performance is is typically a good move if you can get elite value for him. I'm I'm not sure how I want to handle the Tyler Lockett situation myself because he's had two separate games with three or more touchdowns and three games with no touchdowns. Touchdowns don't rule, you know, his value though because he's just kind of like this hyper-efficient player, being seeing typically very consistent volume. Um, and, you know, high catch rate, just big, big play potential. However, I have definitely been on the DK Metcalf side of this debate in terms of who's the real wide receiver 1A, uh, basically, since since the start of the season. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on this. I think that if anything, you just look at it like I have at least the wide receiver 1B with one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the game right now, one of the safest passing offenses because they are passing a lot. Their defense is garbage. Uh, and so therefore they're constantly in shootouts. And I think, I mean, when you have a, a game of this caliber in your range of outcomes, it's very difficult to sell that guy. I mean, only a handful of players do, I'd say Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, you know, guys who have big play potential, but also are like the clear number one or number two weapon in a really, really good pass offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you didn't say anything wrong by saying see what you can get um, because it's just not as locked in as those players I named. It's interesting. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I think by the end of the season, it's going to look a lot more clear and a lot more. Oh, yeah. You know, we should have known that Tyler Lockett was really the wide receiver, too. Or we should have known that DK Metcalf, you know, couldn't sustain these big plays. Um, we'll see. I think that either way, I want shares of this offense and acquiring Tyler Lockett will be expensive. Maybe it is a good time to sell. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, good stuff, Kyle. Let's move on to your running back buys here. Who is the first one that you have going into week eight? Uh, it's another repeat from, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But I, I had to get him in there after what I knew was going to be a terrible performance for Josh Jacobs. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Jacobs is a buy. He, he's coming off of that game against the Bucks. 10 carries for 17 yards is garbage. Um, three catches for 14 yards. It was a terrible performance. 
but we I think we kind of expected this. The O-line didn't practice all week because of COVID scares. Um, and they were missing, I think they were missing one of their starting linemen anyway for the game. They were getting dominated the entire game. Tom Brady was just having a field day against them. So they were down big. And when they're down big, it seems like Gruden is, you know, kind of keeping Josh Jacobs on the sideline. However, even even though that's happening, Josh Jacobs is still getting the receiving work that we, I feel that we needed to see this year to kind of definitely boost him into that RB1, like more uh, high upside RB1. And that's because he's got six targets, three targets, four targets, four targets, three targets, four targets. So we were, he's getting way more passing work than he did last year. He was an elite rusher all last season. I, I do think this past game was more of an anomaly than what many will will say. And he's got a very fa- favorable schedule coming up. So you can get Josh Jacobs on the low right now. And definitely to me, it is worth it. I, I think I think if you are remotely optimistic about Jacobs and this offense, then yeah, this is this is a good time to buy. Uh, that's that's a trash week seven performance. Um, but you know, he's on pace to double his, his target volume from last year. And that is something that I definitely, definitely think he needs to have if he's going to take the next step and pay off at that value. So, uh, definitely an interesting buy candidate there, Kyle, who is, uh, who's your number two, Melvin Gordon, um, opportunity is going to be there. Lindsay's hurt. We saw last time Lindsay was hurt and that, I mean, granted it was that Thursday night matchup, but two touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is coming off of a two fumble game, um, but it was in the snow game against the Chiefs and just an abysmal performance for the Broncos. So I think he's kind of a good buy low candidate. If I mean, I, I know I get that you can't really just take away fumbles, but the inclement weather was you know definitely a factor. And so if you did take those out, he did have a very serviceable fantasy day. Uh, he had like he had a touchdown as well. I do think this offense is going to start to hit its stride soon. I like Noah Fant being back and healthy, Judy, and they've got Locke. So Melvin Gordon is seeing the receiving work that you want to see from from a running back, and I think you can buy him also on the low right now, as well as another favorable schedule for the Denver Broncos. Melvin Gordon is definitely uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season. I was like, I can't believe how cheap he ended up being in drafts relative to the role that he commanded. Then Philip Lindsay comes back. He looks good. He looks better than Melvin Gordon. And then Philip Lindsay gets hurt. So what to make of this backfield? I think that Melvin Gordon is due for a, a spike in volume, like or an uptick in volume with Lindsay being out again. Um, so I agree with you on that. I'm a little less optimistic, I think, about this offense as a whole. And that's just because we still don't know if Drew Locke is the real deal. We don't necessarily know that um, the scoring opportunities are going to be plentiful for this guy. But, I mean, Melvin Gordon has produced in probably, I don't know about worse situations, but he has produced in similar situations with kind of like an up-and-down Chargers franchise when he was there. So it's definitely possible that Melvin Gordon returns on like RB2, if not high-end RB2 value, rest of season. Um, Kyle, let's get to your running back cells here. And this is a familiar name at the top of this list. Um, who is who is that? Yep. I uh, gotta just rehash Todd Gurley. Uh he's kind, you know, he's kind of 
prove me wrong, sort of, in a way, um, at least by the numbers and the fantasy production. But we kind of knew that with his schedule, I still think he's a sell right now. He accidentally got into the end, end zone for the second time last week, um, ended up losing them the game. But he plays tonight, Thursday night, at Carolina. Carolina is obviously the worst rush defense definitely this year. Um, they're abysmal. And Todd Gurley, he went off against them last last time they played. He, that was his biggest receiving work game. He had four catches for 29 yards, and he had 14 carries for 121 and a touchdown against Carolina last time they played. So let him play tonight. Let him go off again, and then he'll have – He'll be coming off of a two-touchdown performance last week against Detroit, and then what I expect to be another big performance, and you can kind of be like, okay, Todd Gurley's back. He's elite. <laughs> like, let's trade him. But I don't even – like, I think he's a low-end RB, RB2 right now. Well, like, I, that's what I think he'll be rest of season. But right now, he's a, he's a low-end RB1. So I'm taking – basically anyone I can get for him in that territory of high end two, low end one, a Josh Jacobs, for example. Um, and I think after this week, you might be actually able to, to get that happen, get that to happen. Todd Gurley, seeing the volume that I expected him to see going into the season. However, that is basically the reason for his fantasy stock. He's not efficient. He's not explosive. He's not a guy that anymore at least that you're feeling good about making do with small amount of touches um so he's he's volume driven rb2 i think you're right that if there is a time to sell him if there's, if there's a time to sell a running back it's probably right after they play carolina where they where they've been a pretty susceptible on the ground maybe dallas is taking that that throne or True. taking the crown for the best running back matchup antonio gibson just reiterated that last week um, but alas, I, I do agree with you, Kyle. Uh, Todd Gurley is not someone who inspires a lot of confidence for me in, in terms of him continuing the fantasy production he's had. Um, this next one, Kyle, is is a really interesting one. We've talked about Tampa Bay backfield a good bit on the show um, the past couple of weeks where basically I just continue to reiterate the exact same thing, which is don't th- don't look at the box score of one game. This is a committee. And it's yeah. going to fluctuate and it's going to be inconsistent. So obviously that leads us to at least one of Fournette or Ronald Jones. And which one are you selling? Yeah, Ronald Jones is definitely the sell. Uh, seeing what what happened last week with Fournette back, Fournette had 11 carries um, for 50 yards and he had, he had six catches for also like 40 yards. Um, he played 50, over 50% of the snaps even though we know Ronald Jones was killing it coming off of like three back to back to back, very solid performances. But last week, Ronald Jones only saw 44% snap share and he had just 13 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. So it was a serviceable enough fantasy performance, but 13 for 34 is, is awful. Um, And that's in a game that they were just destroying uh, the Raiders. So Obviously, you know, you kind of already said this is a, this is going to be a committee. You're never going to know who to play because that's just kind of the way Arians operates. But once again, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, Gronk, and Scotty Miller all pose a threat to Ronald Jones's fantasy value. Not to mention the, like, even if Rojo's the, the goal line back, which, I mean, Fournette is more than serviceable to do that as well. 
like Tom Brady could put pull, you know, the Tom Brady or what the Drew Brees has been doing to Alvin Kamara. And that's just that QB sneak from the one. Um, so you really never know. I think like a running, uh, a, a very good running back is hard to come by and people know that. So Ronald Jones, his stats are up there. He looks like a, I mean, he is a good running back. It's just, you know, the opportunity it's not there. And that's kind of what this whole show, this whole podcast is about is opportunity. So definitely sell Ronald Jones while you can, because that backfield is a shit show. I'm just, I'm just basically looking at this. Like if you think that they're going to be pass heavy game scripts, maybe then you can feel confident about Leonard Fournette and vice versa for Ronald Jones. But even then it's not as easy to predict that as it might seem, you know, Ronald Jones seeing a really heavy first and second down uh, role. I guess that bodes well that he's like actually like the lead back technically. But at the same time, I mean, Leonard Fournette, like significant cut into Ronald Jones's potential work. So, yeah, I uh, I don't feel confident about this backfield other than being confident and feeling not confident about it. <laughs> it's like the only thing I know is I know nothing. That type of uh, of dilemma, I suppose. Um, OK, good stuff, Kyle. I definitely agree with you on that one. Who is your first quarterback by? I'll be quick with uh, with the quarterbacks because ultimately a lot of good quarterbacks out there. Um, I don't know. Like there's never really a good time to. It's not that there's not a good time. It's just the quarterback. Uh, the quarterbacks are, are deep this year and you can kind of be serviceable with basically anyone right now. That's what it seems like. But I will say uh, Deshaun Watson, he's catching his stride. Kyler Murray, who unfortunately was on my sell list last week, he makes my buy list this week. He proved me wrong. Um, but they're both on buy, Watson and Kyler. So buy them when they're on a buy if you can. See if you can upgrade your your quarterback. And I always try to upgrade my starting lineup. I'm not saying trade like an elite player, but if you've got like a solid bench guy that you can afford to trade and you're making a playoff push, uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. Okay, good stuff. And then who are you selling out of this position? Um, so Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, both coming off of very big performances. Rodgers had the dud the week before, but like, I mean, Devontae Adams makes him look like, I mean, he is great. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is a talent, but in terms of fantasy production, Devontae Adams seems to be carrying him. I guess like Robert Tanyan's three touchdown game did too. Um, maybe that's a bold take. I might take some heat for that, but like still, I just think uh, like th there's basically no rushing floor with Aaron Rodgers, and he's I think like a top five fantasy quarterback right now. So there's there are many other quarterbacks that I would have over him. That's kind of the basis for the argument. And with Herbert, like he killed it last week, but it was it wasn't in garbage time, but it didn't come until later in the game. Um, but he ended up being QB one last week. And like, although he does, I will say he does have a very favorable schedule coming up. That's kind of the, the thing that's hurting me with the sell, but no matter what, I'll still take like many quarterbacks over Justin Herbert. Um, feel free to message me if you actually have questions about it, but that's kind of all I have to say. Okay. Good stuff. Um, yeah. In case you want to reach out to Kyle, we'll, plug this again later, but at CC underscore casing for Kyle on Twitter. Um, all right, Kyle, let's wrap up here and and start with our tight end buys. Yeah, this one's uh, these two, the, the tight ends are actually like, I think this is important now. Um, 
the tight ends, uh, the tight end situation has been kind of shitty all season. If you don't have Kelsey or Kittle, I mean, it's been it's been scary, and that includes my buy right now, Johnny Smith. Um, Johnny's coming off of two back to back duds, so like we like to buy low, we like to sell high. That'll bring me to my my last tight end buy. But for now, uh, Johnny's got a favorable schedule once again. He is playing Cincinnati, who, who one of our own contested catch uh, contributors, Noah Rockoff, he told me Cincinnati's been giving up easily the most points to a tight end um, in like three consecutive weeks now. So we'll see if Johnny can make that four, which I do expect him to do. He's regained his health. Um, but he's six in tight end rock, 21% target share, seven red zone targets in four games. So... I do. Th- I mean, sorry, he's six in tight end rock when you take out these past two dud weeks where injuries were a concern. But yeah, definitely try to get John if you can right now. He's he's definitely still coming back from that ankle injury. I'm not sure if he would call himself 100% healthy. I should say. Um, but yeah, with no, no. that said, he's he's been really efficient, and that's basically the name of the Tennessee passing offense, right? AJ Brown, very efficient. Uh, Derrick Henry doesn't do much, but when he does get receiving work, he usually takes a screen pass like 80 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know it's, it's, I guess, a little scary to buy in on a John U. Smith, even though he's been so good, just because it's not like we can really back this up with super, super strong uh, volume numbers. But, you know, sixth and rock when you, when you remove his two injury hobbled weeks um, or including one with injury, then that's, that's a pretty strong case, I think. And 21% target share for a tight end, that is not something that you're going to find in uh, every tight end prospect you're looking at. So if you, um, you know, keep in mind that whoever has Johnny Smith probably acquired him on the waiver wire, they might be thinking, okay, that was a fun run, but it's over now. Um, so, you know, like you already said, Kyle, I think that there is a chance to acquire Johnny Smith still. Yeah. Um, he was on my sell list before, but now he has made the buy because of two two duds he was he underperformed my expectations so fair got him. fair enough um now on the other side of the coin here i think we have a, a cell that i think we're going to be in agreement on here um and and who is that yeah this is uh rob gronkowski gronk is a beast i love him he's fun other than that whole tradavius white thing but i'll i'll still uh hold a little grudge from that that kind of upset me a couple years ago but gronk once again, stick with the Tampa Bay team and selling all but Tom Brady. I'm basically selling. It's just there's just too many options with AB. You're not going to know who's going to hit when. But Gronk has looked like the old Gronk in the past two weeks. Um, I mean, other than that, like he's at his peak value. He's got touchdowns in back-to-back games, and this is similar to Mike Evans. I do think he'll have a good week this week. And it's either, you know, trade him, trade him now before that or trade him right after kind of like the Mike Evans argument that you made. But either way, I do not think this volume or this fantasy production is sustainable. Touchdowns are definitely like, I mean, you can't really just rule out touchdowns, but without him, obviously he's, he's nowhere near what he has been the past two weeks. And I don't think those touchdowns are going to sustain with all of this competition that will be in the Bucks backfield or yeah, offense in general. Yeah, the the reason I agree with um with this argument is because I don't buy Gronk at as, you know, being what he might appear to be, which is back. <laughs> uh I I think that he's still 
a shell of what he used to be. I think he carries a lot of name value. But, you know, if we're going to recognize reality, we look at the, the landscape of the tight end position and most plays, like the majority of plays that you're going to see that are being started are probably in the tight end uh, uh, touchdown or bust range. And so, you know, that includes Johnny Smith. Like, it's not like he's seeing like over 100 yards receiving or something like that. Like Darren Waller uh, actually doesn't score a lot of touchdowns and therefore he's much more volume uh, PPR type play. Um Mark Andrews sees a ton of touchdown or opportunities at least, and also supplements that with pretty good or complements that with pretty good uh, yardage. So with the exception of like those like top three, top four type plays, um, Johnny Smith might be in there. We'll see if he bounces back strong. Um, Gronk is kind of in that range where it's just like, does did they score a touchdown? If yes, probably a, a start of a week. Um, so I agree that I don't think Gronk is back. And I, I think that this is just like a tricky situation. Uh, you know, like we already talked about, a lot of mouths to feed. He's he's seen a, a um, at least he's seen a receiving role since OJ Howard went down. So that bodes well for him to continue this kind of production. However, I don't know. It feels it feels a little too convenient, and people are wishing for uh, this fantasy uh, dynamite duo to come back. And you know, if we just look at things, it's uh, there's a lot of age. There's a lot of mouths to feed. So uh, I'm with you on this one, Kyle. Any uh, final thoughts here as we wrap up our week eight buys and sells? Uh, I will say if you are in a position to, if you have Mike Davis and you are in a position where you're sitting pretty record-wise, this is definitely, I would think, your last opportunity to sell him um, high, especially like before tonight because um, Chris McCaffrey, I believe, was just ruled out. And I think this is going to be his last big game. If you can find a team that's in a must-win situation and acquire someone that's going to be usable the rest of the season, especially come playoffs, if you're in that position, make sure you do that. So offer all your trades to trade away Mike Davis now before this week, although I do think he'll have a big week. Find teams that need a win now and go talk to them. And I guess if I'm going to, if I'm going to add something in on the other side of the coin, uh, I've already said this many times in terms of my stance on the Arizona backfield. Um, I think that if you have been following along to this, then you'll know that I'm like totally in on and wanting to buy whenever I can chase Edmonds. Yeah. I have him in a lot of leagues. Um, I want him in even more. I think that he is not going to relinquish this job if, and when Kenny Drake returns. And I think that's partly to do with Kenny Drake, not being good uh, relative to, Ken to chase Edmonds. I think it also has to do with him coming back from a high ankle sprain and that likely to stick with him for the remainder of the season. Um, and we don't even necessarily know when he's going to come back. It's going to be a few weeks. So Chase Edmonds is on bye right now. This might be the best slash only time that you're going to be able to get him. Reminder what he did in one game of full-time action last year, 150 yards, three touchdowns. I think he then pulled his hamstring. And that was, you know, the opening window for them to go out and acquire Kenny Drake. And then he took over from there. But, I mean... Chase Edmonds is seeing like Kamara light receiving usage uh, on a really good offense. So by Chase Edmonds as well. Yeah, I couldn't um, agree more. I definitely love Chase Edmonds. I'm upset I didn't put him on my buy list, but yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely buy Chase Edmonds. Good stuff. Okay. Um, with that, Kyle, thank you for once again uh, going over the opportunity numbers here as we take a look at who we can buy and sell going to week eight. Uh, obviously, we're going to continue this segment as we progress through the fantasy football season. 
And if you want to reach Kyle, if you want to ask about his buys and sells, if you just want to talk to him because he's a great guy, you can find him on Twitter at CC underscore K You know where to find me at Contessa Catch on Twitter. Uh, you've, you've heard a lot about The Rock on this episode. In case you are unfamiliar, you can go to ContessaCatch.com forward slash ROC. That's The Rock. Uh, that's where you can see the tool. There's also a link in there. And you can go to rock explained contestsketch.com forward slash rock explained. And if you want a, uh, I guess, a tutorial, so to speak, on how to use the rock, just an example of how it can be deployed and what everything means in it. Uh, with that said, make sure to check out our week seven recap from earlier in this week with Jeff Gould. And then obviously tomorrow, meaning Friday, we're going to come out with our week eight preview where we take a look at the DFS slate for this weekend, so on and so forth. Um, Last piece of content is the Contessa Ketchup that is going out later today, um, which is or probably before this, actually. Um, that's our weekly newsletter. So in case you're not signed up for that, if you haven't heard of that, you can check that out. ContessaCatch.com forward slash catch dash up. With that said, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. We hope these buys and sells work out well for you. And we hope to catch you next time. 